You're listening to The Reaching In Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Newport News. It's our hope that through listening to the content here, you'll grow in your love, knowledge, and obedience to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Reaching In Podcast. Hello, everyone. What in the world? (laughs) That is my wife. My wife. (laughs) Anita is back with me on the Reaching In Podcast. So good to have her back with me. Thank you. Uh, It's good good to have her back. I, I try to give Anita a little break. As many of you know, she works in the school system, so I try to you know, not impose on her time so much, you know, as a pastor's wife, she, she wants to do so much. She wants to help me with everything, but sometimes as a godly husband, I have to tell her, no, focus on, you know, your job, focus on your work. But every now and again, I'm able to steal her away from Newport News Public Schools. So (laughs) that's great. And uh, she gets to come and bless the mic and bless all of you. So Nita, how does it feel to be back? Feels great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, so she's she's excited. Um, it's good to take breaks, y'all. It's good to take a little respite here and there. But what we love to do even more than that is to get into the Word of God. And as I said previously, when we don't have an interview with a special guest, we like to do some devotional content to encourage you and to go through the scriptures as Calvary Chapel always does. We go verse by verse. So Last week, we went through James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, and so we're going to pick up in verses 9 through 11. So, uh, Anita, if you could read the scripture in total, and then we'll come back and start to chop it up. But before we do that, could you open in a word of prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have in your word. Lord, we thank you for being our provider. We thank you for all that you do for us. And now, Lord, as we open up your word, we just ask that you'll open our eyes, that you will speak to us individually and help us to be able to use your word according to your will, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So James 1, 9 through 11, I need to take it away. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Thank you very much. So we've been talking about trials, the purpose of trials, the quality of character that trials produces, Uh, We talked in the most recent episode about the need for wisdom when we fall into various trials and that God will give wisdom to us if we ask in faith faith without doubting. And now we are here looking at, it seems like there's a shift, right? It, it, It seems a little bit different because he's talking about, it seems like rich and poor all of a sudden, but he's still talking about trials. He's still talking about trials. He's still talking about those situations that we find ourselves in. And he's talking about the rich and the poor. And in today's world, uh, Nita, would you say that there is a a definitive rich and poor in America? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. I think one thing that makes America unique too, from what I've heard and um, learned over the years is that America has a very strong middle class as well. Yes. Whereas other cultures might not have it that way. Now, in coming to this passage, some people may try to spiritualize it and say this is not talking about rich as in money. This is rich in the grace of God or rich in spiritual things. I don't know how you could draw that conclusion, though. Mm. If you look at the last verse um, at the end of it, it says, so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. If this talking spiritually a rich man, why would you want to fade away in your pursuits? Mm of being a spiritually rich person. So no, mm-hmm. it does not mean that. That's a very good point. And that's and that's one of the reasons why I asked that question because when we're doing Bible interpretation, we want to look at verses in their context. And that's one of the great things about going through things verse by verse is that it keeps you from reading into or doing eisegesis, which is reading your interpretation into the scripture rather than letting the scripture clarify the clarify the meaning for you. So it starts off saying, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. And when I started looking up the Greek words, it lowly means low in a state or degree or low in spirit. Um, And it says, let the lowly brother, uh, Adelphos, or I believe is the word Philadelphia. And it says, let that lowly brother glory or rejoice or boast in his exaltation. Um, What is the exaltation that a poor person has to look forward to, you know? Um, when I thought about that in reference to trials, the trials that a poor person who's a believer, remember he's talking about a brother, right? He's not talking about an unbeliever. An, a believing brother who just happens to be in the poor class, he can rejoice when he falls into trials because if, in the long run, what's gonna happen to that poor brother? On earth? Well, it no, ultimately. Ultimately, what's going to happen to him? What does he have to look forward to? I mean, as a believer, he has heaven to look right. forward to. There's no guarantee that on earth he's going to become rich all of a sudden. No. And so this exaltation that is being spoken of is the eventual exaltation of the poor person. Um, I think about Lazarus and the rich man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about that parable, um, that story, which we believe to be a true uh, story and not just a story that Jesus made up because he actually had names in this particular parable. But you had Lazarus who was poor all of his life. Um, he didn't have, um, you know, what the rich man had. The rich man would look from his his quarters above at Lazarus and Lazarus seemed to be just in a perpetual state of poverty. However, in the end, Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham. He was in, in, in the place of blessing, in the place of grace, and in the presence of God. Whereas the rich man, when he passed away, where was he? He was in torment. And so when I think about this exaltation, I was like, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. Well, there's no guarantee. And plus we have in Proverbs, it says, don't overwork to be rich. So we know the Bible isn't pushing a uh, prosperity gospel here. So this exaltation comes from God. It's, yes. it's, it's not an exaltation that comes from hitting the lottery or the stock market or your investments just had interest accrued or anything like that. It's a it's an exaltation that comes from God. Nita, why don't you hit verse 10? What, what is your interpretation of verse 10 or the, the interpretation of verse 10, <laughs> I should say? Um, I'm going to read it again. But mm-hmm. the rich in his humiliation because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. Mm. What it makes me think of is how, you know, yes, with verse nine, 
the lowly brother can glory in his exaltation because God is exalting him. Yes. You know, the Bible talks about how it's God who exalts and brings another low. And so even with verse 10, it reminds me that God is the one that will balance the scales. Mm. And so you can have someone who is rich, but when it comes to what we experience in life, um, that balances things out. I mean, I think about how it's very unfortunate, but it's true. Poor people get cancer, rich people get cancer. Right. You know, we had with COVID-19, we've had poor people get it. We even had the president of the United States get it. Yeah. So it, when it comes to certain things in life, it balances the scales because there's just no amount of money that can keep you from getting sick. Yes, you can probably afford better health care, but you still can't stop yourself. There's no amount of money that can stop you from ever catching a cold or ever getting a disease. Um, so there's things that it just balances the scales. Well, in verse nine, it says, let the poor brother or the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. But he, but then it goes on, but the rich glory, it would seem to, it would seem here that the rich should glory in his humiliation. And we're still talking within the confines of trials, right? Things that happen to us because of just living life in a fallen world, in a fallen sinful world. So how, how in the world can a rich person take glory in the fact that they're being brought low because that word in humiliation it isn't like public humiliation it's it's called low it's like them being lowered just like you were saying with scales it's the lowly brother glories in their eventual raising and being lifted up in exaltation but that the rich should glory in their humiliation how in the world can can a rich person do that well one definition for glory is character right okay so we should want to develop our character. I think back to verse nine, where it talks about the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. That's not to get puffed up. It's not talking about pride, mm-hmm. but it is talking about, I would believe being um, content, satisfied, or even excited with what God is doing and how God is bringing you forth, how God is bringing you out of things, how he is exalting you. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the rich person, the rich person should glory in the character that's being developed in him, which is humility. Mm-hmm. That you're not depending upon these riches, but that you are being brought down to now see that it's God who is doing all of these things. It's not the materials. It's not the riches. Mm-hmm. It's it's really God. No, I like that because... The poor, like whenever we see the poor person begging on the street, we think we have pity on them. We're like, oh man, they're so, they're so lowly and so pitiful. And oh man, if only they had this, that, or the other. Not, but it seems to to what what James is writing here is that the poor person or the lowly person or the person that you think is a is is not very prosperous actually is prosperous. And the rich person, when you begin to see, when you go through trials, when the rich person's portfolio goes down or when you lose finances or when you lose that beach house or whatever it is, that you should glory in that it's going to help you to understand how to cultivate real riches. Like you are trusting in the riches that this world provides you. God wants you to grow in the area of understanding how poor you are spiritually. That's why Jesus says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And 
when I was looking up the word for humiliation, another way you can read it is uh, when someone is humbled at his or her moral littleness or guilt. So it's it's kind of it's exactly what you were saying that the rich person sees the trial that they're in and they recognize how poor they really are, mm-hmm. and that actually in the end works for their benefit. So they can glory in it. I can rejoice when these things happen because it gives me the kind of perspective that the poor person had all the time. They didn't have riches to blind them from their from realizing their state. That's awesome. Uh, verse eleven kind of continues and. Anita, who are we talking about? Are we continuing? Who's who's continuing to be talked about in verse 11? The rich person. Mm. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Mm. So what kind of picture is that painting for us? I think that it's just showing us, you know, what I was saying before is when you place your trust in, in these things, they can fade away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another reason that the rich man is not encouraged to glory in his exaltation mm-hmm. because with the pictures being painted here is that it, it can wither away. Now, one benefit to being lowly or poor is you don't have a lot. <laughs> so you so, can't lose a so lot. You can't lose a lot because you don't have a lot. But... When you're rich and you have so much, um, you can also over-concern yourself with the things that you have. And it's, you know, more money, more problems. Well, that's There's certain things that rich people have to deal with that poor people don't even have, like they don't think through it that way, Mm -hmm. you know? And me, because I'm not a millionaire or billionaire, Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain things that they have to, like, just their day to day even is different. You know, they can't just live in a regular neighborhood or no. shop at Aldi. You know, they might pop in, but mm-hmm. a lot a lot of the times they just their whole world is different mm-hmm. and they concern themselves with things that other people don't don't have to. Yeah, um, in a practical sense, uh, you're bringing up some practical things. When you find out somebody's rich, immediately that person can become a target. Mm-hmm. Um, also, think about like when you're when you were single, how easy was it to do your taxes? Like it was like lickety split because I don't have many assets. I don't have a <laughs> lot of. I'm not itemizing anything. But and I didn't have a house either. You know, you didn't have to have a tax person. You know, a tax preparer. You weren't afraid of being audited because what are they going to audit? You know, my one income, my lack of property. But when you start to build your wealth, right, what ends up happening is you need that tax person. And then you have to bring in all these extra forms and all this extra stuff. And there's the fear of being audited because as you grow with, you said, more money, more problems in the same sense. The more you have, the more you have to lose, the more you have to secure, protect, be mindful of, so on and so forth. So that's a great point. And um, I love the picture here that James makes here with this, this idea of the sun rising and it just burns up the grass. Like the grass comes up, the flower comes up, it springs up, looks beautiful, but the heat scorches it so quickly. And it says that the rich man fades away along, he fades away because of his pursuits or he fades away in the process of pursuing his wealth or or in maintaining his wealth. The glory of the grass is the flower, right? So as the flower, the, the, the heat from the sun, and remember the sun here affects everything, right? 
no one is exempt from the effects of the sun, whether it's heat or lack of heat. So in this picture, we talked about, you talked before about the rain, kind of the rain falling on the just and the unjust. The sun rises and sets on the poor and the rich. But what ends up happening is the rich person who glories, who's like the flower, when the heat hits you, your glory is going to be there one minute and it's going to be gone the next minute. It is not something worth placing your trust in and you will fade away along with those riches, just like the flower will fade away under the immense heat of the sun. And trials are kind of a, a picture of heat, you know? When you fall into trials, it's a it can be a very hot situation all of a sudden. And heat is a way to describe trials. Um, when the sun rises up, some days it's 67 degrees, some days it's 99 degrees. Mm. And no matter what. And in Virginia, it could be that in the same day. It could absolutely. be that within an hour. <laughs> absolutely. It's crazy. You know? And the poor person has to deal with that heat. And the rich person has to deal with that heat. And so it, do, it doesn't matter. But when the sun comes up, if your glory, if you're putting all of your trust in the glory of your flower uh, or in the glory of your riches and the glory of your possessions, you know, your your ability to, to gain wealth, accumulate wealth or hold on to wealth, you will fade away along with those flowers. And so it's the heat of the sun will burn the grass. The flower and the glory will fall down from its high position and the rich man will perish in his pursuits and undertakings. So we want to kind of come to a close here um, with just a few questions and encouragements. So Anita, for those that are listening, um, you know, we don't know your financial state, but we may be talking to some people that are in the lower or would be considered poor um, in American standards. Are there any advantages from, as we've read these verses, are there any advantages to being poor? Yes, there are. Um, I think that we are reminded that God will take care of us. Mm. You know, if you're poor, God will provide for you. Mm. I think also with what we mentioned today too, is that don't let anyone look down on you because you are poor, mm. because a rich person never knows when that scale is going to come and balance things out. Amen. So we can be encouraged. You know, if you're, if you're a person, you consider yourself to be a poor person, you can be encouraged one that, the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father will take care of you. Um, and also that don't look at rich people like they have it all together and that they have everything because that's not the case. That is not the case. They may have financial wealth, but they may be lacking in other areas. Or that financial wealth could run out, as we've read today, that it could burn up. <laughs> they could spend it all. They could just yeah. lose it all. We, in the last year, have seen how unpredictable the times are that we live in. So be encouraged, not because of what you have or don't have, but who you have mm. and whose you are. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt, where thieves cannot break in and steal. And I like what you said there, Anita, about the poor being very aware of their neediness, right? Their, mm -hmm. their natural neediness, but they also are aware, especially if they're believers, they know of their great need for God. And sometimes the rich person, oftentimes I to say the rich person is blinded by their riches, blinded by their prosperity. How difficult is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Jesus said that. And it's because when we have so much of this world's goods, 
it's kind of hard to see how you're wretched, poor, blind, and naked and in need of the savior. Mm -hmm. You can almost feel like, well, I got this, you know, things are good for me. So we hope that this is encouraging to you. We hope that those of you who are, you know, maybe you've gone, you've suffered some losses. Maybe you're undergoing some trials right now and you feel like all you see around you is lack. I don't have this or I don't have that. Understand that we are needy of God. We are his children. And so we have to come to grips with the fact that being children means we're always going to need. You know, if you ever get to a point in your Christian walk where you are looking to not need God or need anything, then you're not looking to be a child with childlike faith. Um, we're always going to need God. And when we find ourselves in various trials and we ask God for wisdom, it's because we need him. We need him. And if you're a rich person and God has blessed you with riches, we hope that this podcast, uh, this devotion reminds you of your need for God, that these things that you have for today, it may be, but tomorrow it may be gone and may be lost. And to put your trust, not in the things of this world, but in the glory of God and in the word of God and in the promises of God, because in the end, as Anita said, he will balance the scales. The rich man and the poor man will stand all on the same level ground before the one who judges all things. So be encouraged. Uh, Anita, why don't you close us in prayer or with any closing remarks? head out. Heavenly Father, once again, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that you tell us, Lord, and the ways, once again, that you provide for us, God. Um, you clothe the lilies of the field. You watch after the birds, Lord, so you don't see us in need and not do anything, God. So I pray for those that are lowly, those that are poor. The, Father, they will claim, not in a name it, claim it sort of way, but that, Lord, they will accept the truth of your word, that, Lord, you will exalt them as long as they are remaining faithful to you and they are walking in humility, Lord, that you will exalt them and that you will provide for their every need. Lord, I pray for those that are rich, Lord, and there's so many of us that are. Um, we have all of our needs met. We have abundance of things, Lord. Help us to walk in humility, Lord. Um, help us to also to do justly, Lord, if we see others in need. Lord, give us a heart to give, to look after those, Lord, not just those that can repay us, because your word speaks on that too, but those, Lord, that, that can't, those that really wouldn't be able to afford to, to pay us back, God. Give us a heart to be generous to others, Lord. So God, we just thank you once again for this time in your word. May it be a blessing to those that hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Anita, for joining me for this episode. And we hope again that you will continue to keep on pressing on and keep on reaching in. Thank you for listening to the Reaching In Podcast. If this content has helped you in your Christian walk or you'd like to give us some feedback, leave us a comment. Also like and share this podcast with those that could benefit from it. And as always, keep pressing on and keep reaching in.